Hello, this is Frank Falvey with Frank Presents, and it's my great pleasure to uh, introduce Representative Sean Dooley, who is now a candidate to move up to the upper chamber and be a senator from uh, uh, part of our district is in Norfolk, and you'd be representing uh, Franklin in the Senate. Thank you very much. Thanks Welcome, for having, having me back again. Yes, it's a, a real pleasure. Sean, how long have you been in the House of Representatives? Um, eight and a half years. I came in on a special election um, in January. I got elected in, you know, first of January in 2014 and sworn in at the end of January in 2014. I didn't realize it was a special election. Yeah, the, my, my predecessor, Dan Winslow, left office uh, the previous September, um, got a big job in the private sector, and, yeah. and it moved him out to the West Coast. So. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so, so it became an open seat, and that's how I got into politics. So in the House of Representatives, what committees have you served on? Um, I've served on quite a few. Um, currently, I'm, on, um, I'm the ranking member of financial services. Um, I've been ranking member of revenue before. Um, last term, I was ranking uh, member on redistricting. Um, and I'm also um, currently the uh, uh, senior Republican on the um, the one that deals with you know, all the ARPA money and the housing yeah. you know, oversight. Plus, I'm also on a, uh, the Joint Committee on Health. So, and, and pretty busy. <laughs> and you were just mentioning that you now are living on Lake uh, Pearl. No, L Lake Archer. So, the, the, oh, the, Lake Archer. The, the, small, the smaller of the two lakes. So I, I did move to, uh, from Norfolk to Rentham, made the big move. So, it's, uh, so, so, I, so, I would gather that you're opposed to tearing down beaver dams or dams in general, because then Lake Archer would disappear. Oh, no, Lake, Lake Archer is an actual natural, uh, it's a kettle pond, so it's one of the original ones. So it's not like Eagle Dam uh, or Eagle Pond or any of the other ones. Um, so Lake Archer is kind of a, is, is one of the original ones, and it feeds Lake Pearl, which then feeds a lot of these other ones. So I think technically the beginning of the Charles, you could probably argue, starts at Lake, Lake uh, Archer, because there's nothing that comes in, it's just spring-fed from the ground. Well, my understanding is, is uh, the, the Charles River begins in Hopkinton. Yeah, I was gonna say, that's what, they, that's what the people from Hopkinton say. I, I'll, I'll argue, because it goes from Pearl into, um, down to Eagle, to Mill River, yeah. Um, and out through Norfolk, and, and it gets into the Charles that way too. So it's uh, so. So, what's, what's so I'm, I'm sure the people of Hopkinton won't appreciate me saying that, but, I'll, but I'm, I'm going to take credit where you know that I have absolutely nothing to do with it. <laughs> so let me ask you: Are you in favor of tearing down dams, or are you in favor of leaving, leaving them in place? I, I should say, it's, it, I think it's really a case by case uh, situation. There's many that we should be leaving in place. Um, I don't think there's, um, you know, I, I worry about. Um, I understand the point of view of the Charles River watershed. You know, they want to minimize and bring everything back to nature um, where, you know, where, it, you know, where it was. But, you know, a lot of these dams were put in place for a reason. You know, it, it does, you know, create its own ecosystem. And some of them have been here, you know, a couple hundred years. Um, in Norfolk, for example, the, you know, the, the, the Mill, uh, Mill River Dam, um, and that creates the little mill pond, um, is essential for uh, fire suppression. We don't have... Uh, you know, I'm a firefighter, so I'm highly focused on this. That section of town, we don't have fire hydrants. So, you know, if there were a, a fire down there, you know, we, we draft out of the out of the out of the pond. Mm -hmm. um, so, mm -hmm. that sort of thing you have to kind of take into consideration. So, as as much as it would be great to have things be as ecologically sound as possible, 
I, I don't think we should be you know, penny wise and pound foolish and just yeah. rush and take down all these dams all at once. Sean, how would you describe your political theory or your political beliefs? Um, I guess the most generic term is, um, you know, and people like to use conservative and liberal and moderate and everything like that. Um, I would say my, my overall viewpoint is common sense. Um, you know, I, I tend to be, you know, on, on the fiscal side, I'm more conservative. Um, I'm very, very focused on uh, smaller government and you know, keeping the money in people's pockets or in the town's uh, control, as opposed to a big centralized government. Um, you know, spending money and doing all the all the big projects. Um, from a social standpoint, I guess I'm much more libertarian. Um, you know, again, falling under the small government standpoint. You know, you know, stay out of my wallet, stay out of my bedroom. Um, you know, let me live my life. You know, you know, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Mm -hmm. I think is the is the uh, dominant theme when it comes to you know more of the social issues. So, but it is a, it's tough because you know so many of these things are case by case basis, and people try to put people into these very neat you know uh, silos. And the reality is, you know, most people I know, yeah, well, yeah, I agree with three quarters of that silo, but I would prefer to shift over, you know, the bottom third of you know of this one and, and mix it in a little bit. So and I think that's I think that's important for our elected officials. You you mentioned that you were on revenue committees and, and finance uh, committees. Right. Um, on, uh, apparently, the revenue of the state of Massachusetts has exceeded the uh, rise in wages. Correct. Now, I'm correct in saying that that's the total revenue. That's not revenue from income tax. It's, 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 it's the total revenue. It's correct. It's the total revenue of the state. Correct. But apparently, we might be looking at reimbursing some of that revenue based on your income tax and how much you paid. Correct. That doesn't make sense to me. Well, because we passed a law you know, 22, 23 years ago um, that when it does trigger over that amount, that comes, you know, that portion that has not been allocated, has not been set aside, would go back to the taxpayers. And so this was this was a, it was done by referendum, basically around the same time we did Prop Two and a Half. But but that increase didn't didn't necessarily come from income taxes. But but in in the in the in the as I look at the law, it says it says it would be refunded on an appropriate uh, basis. It doesn't necessarily seem to commit it to income taxes, and, and if you committed it to income taxes, then the wealthy people, the people that paid more income tax, but not necessarily generated the more revenue, right. are getting a benefit that I, I don't see why they should get. I, I was gonna say, and I, and I guess I would say, um, I, I guess I, I, have a, I have a different reading of the, of the of the original referendum, that it's supposed to come back to people on a prorated basis based on how much they paid in. Um, but if you go down that other slope, then it becomes very slippery from a standpoint of, all right, who do you refund it to? Do you fund it to the federal government? Do you refund it to uh, corporations? Um, you know, and, and I think you know, one of the things that I originally 
tried to do was reduce gas taxes um, because I thought that would be a, an easier way and that would help everyone across the board and would, especially you know, re gas taxes regressive, it would help the poor people who are struggling the most um, by actually putting, you know, if, if they're having to drive into Boston or drive a long distance and, you know, to get to their job um, because they can't afford to live, you know, on Beacon Hill, um, you know, that, I felt that was one of the better ways that we could have, you know, distributed that money. But never, nevertheless, the, uh, the, the people uh, smarter well, and more, well, well, uh, we more power than me. We haven't actually uh, decided yet how we're going to distribute it, have we? I, I think we have. I think, uh, you know, far, far as Governor Baker is concerned, um, you know, and I, and I believe it, it falls through, um, you know, and he's still working out exactly the specifics, um, but it is going to be going, I think it roughly is about of a 12% refund of what you paid in state income tax uh, in 2021, 20, I guess. Let, yep. let me make a few other suggestions yep. of how we, uh, what we ought to consider. I bought a suit the other day, yep. $200. Yep. And I had to pay a sales tax on that portion that was over $175. Right. Uh, apparently for years that has not been changed. Right. Um, so clothing items that are more than 175, why shouldn't we raise that to? I agree with you 100%. I mean, uh, okay. a lot of these things. We we're, we're, agree we're in agreement on that. Yes. I go to Tri-County, I go to hospitals, and, and have lunch or yep. whatever, right? Right. I go to the grocery store and I buy a muffin that now is $2.49, right? right? And I have to pay a tax on that because it was made in the store. I have to pay a tax at Tri-County because it's considered a restaurant. I have to pay tax on a, when I have food in a hospital because someone I know is in the hospital. Why shouldn't these be tax exempt. I, I'm with you. I mean, I, I, you're, you're starting to sound like a Republican, Frank. You, you're, right. <laughs> you, you better be careful. No, I, I, I agree. I mean, I think a lot of the, a lot of this tax revenue, especially at a, at a time when people are suffering and, and we're dealing with inflation and things are getting, the prices are getting so out of control, and we have great revenue in the state. You know, we, we're, we're having, you know, we, we have billions and billions of dollars in our rainy day fund, and we're able to put more in there every year. You know, we have. Um, you know, you know, corporations that are doing extremely well and are, are paying high high tax revenue. These are the things that we should adjust, especially like you said, the regressive taxes. That you know, you know, you're a billionaire. You don't care whether you pay, you know, tax on a, on a muffin or a, on a restaurant. You know, no big deal. But that, you know, you know, working class family, that is like, all right, we can go out to dinner, you know, this week as a special treat. Yeah, that and, that, and, that and, hits them way harder than it hits a lot of these other people. And and if you're in a grocery store and they get something and you're just cooking it off to finish the product, why should you why should you be paying a tax? I, so we agree I, on that. Hundred percent. Let me bring up another thing that I hope we agree on. All right. Uh, I play bridge. Okay. And bridge is a is a fee. I have to pay a fee. And on the sales tax holiday that you have, you know, uh, exempt from sales tax, right. I don't get an exemption because I didn't actually buy a product. 
the fee isn't a sales tax, it's a use tax. Right. Why shouldn't we consider the the sales tax holiday a use tax holiday also? I, I agree. I mean, I, I put it this way, I, you know, that, that was one of the other things we proposed with, you know, the excess revenue. You know, why don't we make it for a week or a month? Um, you know, let's, you know, I, I'm also a, a believer that we should raise the, you know, the limit, you know, you know above, you know, you know, 2000, you know, if someone wants to get, you know, if someone's buying a new car, or especially if, you know, you want to incentivize people to buy electric cars and things along those lines, you know, why don't we increase the number um, on those days as well? Um, so I think there's a lot of things that we could do, um, you know, or, or just reduce the overall tax, you know, across the board mm -hmm. and, you know, bring it back down to 5% where it was, you know, you know, not, not that long ago, which makes it easier for us to compete with, you know, especially our, you know, we're fortunate down here, you know, Rhode Island's about the same tax rate, but the brick and mortar stores and, and the small businesses that are up on the New Hampshire border, you know, get killed because it's too easy for the people just to go, you know, if you have a liquor store, you can go right across the border to New Hampshire and, you know, you're, you're saving 25% some of the times, but, you know, by the time you figure in and all the taxes. I thought, when DeSantis sent the people to Moffat's Vineyard. Yep. That it was a wonderful, fantastic I idea, forgetting whether it was legal or not, right. okay, to highlight the problem that we have with immigration. And I thought Moffat's Vineyard was a perfect place that the people could stay there and they could be absorbed into a community that has resources, has educational facilities, and, and would be a wonderful a place to begin to show uh, another way of integrating uh, immigrants to this country. What is your thought on that whole issue? I, I guess the, the, the thing I disliked about it was it was a political stunt. Um, and, and it was done, you know, I think it achieved its purpose as far as DeSantis was concerned. You know, it, it, it showed, you know, highlighted some of the hypocrisy. You know, I wish, you know, it would have been one of these things where we would have been more proactive on it and said, hey, listen, you know, you know, some of our communities should have been saying, you know, we have the ability to take on, you know, we, we understand these border towns are suffering. They, we understand we have an immigration problem and, and a housing problem, and we want to make sure these people are taken care of. From a humanitarian standpoint, you know, we've stepped up with Ukraine and brought in, you know, refugees. We've stepped up in Afghanistan and brought in refugees. Um, I thought it would be great if Massachusetts would do the same thing and give relief to the border towns and make it more proactive as opposed to, the part I didn't like about it was the political stunt aspect. You know, I, I, I think it's good from the standpoint of it's, it's started conversation and it, you know, it lets people think about it and all right, well, how does this affect me? And, you know, how would I like being in one of these small communities that are on the border that are literally getting overwhelmed? I mean, you, 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 I don't care who you are, you know, you get a thousand people a day, you know, in, you know, you know mm -hmm. or a week into Franklin, it would be really, really hard. Right. Um, and so I, I you know, um, I wish we would take a more conscious effort as a country and as a state and as, and as individual communities and, you know, and have the churches say, hey, let's, you know, we can do this. We can take 12 people here and we can take 15 people here and help spread that burden, uh -huh. you know, right. a, 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 yeah. across, the, across the Commonwealth and, and make it easier for, for those communities. And it's also better for the immigrant um, because, you know, that person 
is, you know, is showing up in most cases with absolutely nothing, right. no ability to speak English, yeah. um, you know, and I, and I don't blame them uh, from the standpoint of as well, I as well, I, Let's go on to a related right, right. question. The related question is, apparently there are, are, are four ballot questions. Now, yep. people that have received the Secretary of State pamphlet see three of the ballot three. questions. And please read, you would agree with me, read that pamphlet. Right. It's a great resource. The, the second question two is a little tough read, but besides that, yes. <laughs> well, the essence of question two is that eighty-three percent will go back to the will dental go care. back an actual dental, dental expense. I, I support cost. I, I, and I support question two, yeah. um, but it's but when I first started reading it, I'm like. I know what this says, and it's you know I, I know what this one's about, and it's a hard read for me. So I can't. It, it's very tough for people but at home. There is a fourth question that I understand will be on the ballot, right? And that I understand is the law for this election, correct? Uh, and that is is overriding a uh, a vote by both houses, and that the governor signed on allowing people that necessarily aren't citizens of the United States to obtain a Massachusetts driver's license. Correct. And not, and not be registered to vote. Correct. Um, how do you see that question affecting individuals? Uh, the argument was that it's better to have them licensed than not licensed. I really don't believe there's that many people on the roads, and you always can buy uninsured licenses. I mean, an accident against uninsured right. people. Uh, how do you see that question? Right. Uh, interesting, you bring that one up. I was the one that originally wrote the um, voter uh, driver's privilege card, um, and I did that a couple sessions ago, uh -huh. um, which actually, and I modeled it after the California and the Utah laws which is a, it's not a driver's license, it's a driver privilege card. And so it has, you know, it looks different. It, um, oh, gives, it, does. it, it gives people the ability yeah. to, to yeah. drive, yeah. but they have to go through um, testing, you know, just like my 16 year old does. You have to basically take a driver's ed, you know, and then you have certain limitations, you know, the, just like my 16 year old does, you know, the 1230 till 5 a.m. Uh, late night driving. And if you have a couple um, infractions uh, if you have serious infractions, you get it suspended. So I basically built it um, like that. Um, and unfortunately, what this law does, it's it's purely just a straight driver's license, um, and there with, with no. Oh, so this Massachusetts one is a straight driver. It's, it's pure driver's license. There's no way to tell the difference. And unfortunately, what they did in it was also as as a former town clerk, the town clerk, if someone comes in and presents a driver's license. Um, you know, to the town clerk and is registering to vote. Um, there's no way for the town clerk to be able to check. Yeah, they would have to send, fill out the form, register them. It goes up to the state. It comes back, and then it gets kicked out. And my understanding is, in the form they fill out, right? Right. There's a checkbox that says, "Are you a citizen of the United States?" Correct. If that checkbox comes back that they're not a citizen, that then they're liable for perjury. Correct. Do you see any case that would ever be bought against someone that checked the box off for perjury? No. It's not going to happen. And, 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 and so how does the state 
how does the state, the child clerk has no say in this. Right. It, it, it goes to the state right. from the registry right. of motor vehicles, can go to the state of Massachusetts, or if they go to the town clerk's office, fill out the form, it still goes to the state. Right. How does the state verify that they are a citizen or not? Based on the social security number. Part of my other problem with this is the documentation that you have to show in order to get the driver's license is being vetted by the registry. God bless the people at the registry. They have a very difficult job. I don't think any of them there are going to be able to take a passport from Syria and, you know, in, in, you know, in, in a very, very foreign language and, you know, and someone says, oh, this is my documentation, this is my passport and everything like that, says I'm fully licensed to drive, I have, you know, a 20-year history of driving and everything like that, and they're going to be able to vet it. It's just not practical. It's not, you know, you know and that was the reason I was like, you know, let's, let's make sure they go through driver training and, you know, let's make sure you know, that they're, you know, safe on the road. Because I, I agree with the principle that, you know, we want to have safe drivers, especially, you know, Boston, Cambridge, Worcester, you know, places yeah, that are but, sanctuary but, cities. But getting back to my question, yeah. all they need to provide is the whole Social Security number or just the last four digits? It's uh, the whole Social Security number. And, and so do many people that immigrate to this country illegally obtain Social Security numbers? That are, that are here illegally? Yeah. I mean, I know many that have social security numbers, yeah. whether they're, you know, you know whether, whether they're legitimate social security numbers or not is, is a different story. Um, you know, I've, I've, I've met with plenty of different, um, you know, construction, you know, companies, and they, you know, they'll get these people in that have great paperwork. You know, they don't find out until years later that it was falsified paperwork. You know, because it's, you know, it looks like a, you know, all the documentation looks great. You know, I run a landscape company. You know, you know, I'm not an expert on forgery or anything along those lines. So I think there's a lot of issues like that. And those are the sort of things that, it, listen, I think there's a way to do it. I think there's, there, you know, I think we should make, you know, our roads safe and, and have programs put in place to allow for this. But I worry, especially down the road, um, you know, one of the things that, that's been a big push this last session in the Senate was same-day re voter registration. As a town clerk, if we pass same-day voter registration, I don't have any ability at the high school where I'm, where I'm registering people and bringing them in and everything like that. If there's people coming in and they're showing driver's license, even if I wanted to, I can't check. Right. And so now we're allowing them to vote. I don't find out for two weeks later it's not like you can undo it. You, we, we don't, don't know which we which don't have who. same day registration. No, we don't. But but we that's don't. been a big push. Okay, there, it, it passed the Senate. Sean, let me ask you this yeah. question: What topic would you like to talk about now uh, that we haven't covered? That's important to you in your campaign. I think, and this isn't necessarily a um, campaign specific, but you know, I think one of the things that we need to, as a country, is get back to you know, working together. I, you know, I think that's one of the things that, you know, as, as I've been out on the, you know, out on the knocking on doors and talking to people, the number one thing I hear across the board is people are like, listen, can't we just kind of all get along? Let's go back. We shouldn't, Massachusetts shouldn't be like Washington, D.C., where, you know, you're either over there or over here, and it's two 
teams fighting against each other. And we need to get back to this place where we can sit down and have discussion, debate, discourse, because you can have the greatest idea in the world. If you put it you know, you know, amongst you know, 10 of your peers, it's probably gonna be, get made better. And we've gotten to this point where it's this us versus them mentality, and it's incredibly destructive. I think it's bad for, it's bad for politics, it's bad for governance, and it's bad for our community, where we see people that you know, the cancel culture and the name calling, and both sides, the extremes on both sides are guilty of it, yeah, let, and we need to get back about, to that. Let's talk about the extremes on both sides. I cannot see that a person that believes that Trump won the election, right. Fair and square today, and people that believe that uh, 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 Trump wanted to become a dictator or solely in power for himself and was completely incompetent. Right. I can't see how any of those people could ever get together on an issue. Right. So I only see that some people that are in the middle on both sides, right. somewhat, but that that they're not gonna be listened to, like the immigration story to Martha's Vineyard. Right. That didn't become about immigration anymore. That story became about how bad it was to send the people there. And right. the story of the, the, the underlying problem of immigration Got is a smoldering problem that neither, no one wants really to really try to solve. Right, I, I agree. I agree one hundred percent, and and I honestly believe the media and money is driving the extremes because it's it's easier to, you know, you know, it's a much sexier story to have these two extremes going after each other as opposed to you sitting and I sitting down, and you're a little bit here and I'm a little bit there, and we come up with and we we agree on seventy five percent. That final twenty five percent is you know devils in the details. Yeah. That's not an interesting story. That doesn't drive commercials, that doesn't drive donations, and we need to, you know, there, Sean, that's a, that's a, we, can, we, can, we could have a whole 20 part series on that, Frank. It, it was, so um, there, let, there's so much we can do. Let me say this, my impression of what I understand from people is that you have always been a very open person to meet with other people and yep. to meet with constituents, and you have always uh, strived to be part of the community that you're elected from. Right. People that would like to be part of your campaign, how can they do that? How can they reach you? Um, they can reach me personally. I'll, I'll, I'll look into the camera for this part. Go ahead. Uh, Sean, S-H-A-W-N, at Dooley, and then the number four, Senate.com. Um, okay, say that again slowly. All right, so, Sean. We're gonna show that on the air. All right, Sean, S-H-A-W-N, at Dooley, D-O-O-L-E-Y, the number four, senate.com. And, and how else can they reach and you? They and uh, they can call me on my personal cell phone um, or the campaign cell phones. Campaign cell phone's probably the easiest, 774-469-0609 uh, or my personal phone number, is, which I give out to everyone. I have it on my business cards, 508-930-9988. Um, and, um, you know, you know, and I'm and I'm knocking on doors, and I'm out in the community every day. Uh, stop me, let me know. Happy to talk to anybody anytime. And I found the and best it, solution is sitting down, grabbing a cup of coffee, and and just listening. Sean Dooley, uh, candidate for state 
uh, Senate from uh, Franklin. Uh, I thank you for coming, and this is Frank Falvey uh, with Frank Presents, and uh, uh, hope you're having a great, healthy day, and we'll see you with another show. This program was made possible by your Franklin friends and neighbors. Good folks, just like you. Thanks for supporting Franklin TV. And thanks for watching.